Magazine to three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. He knocks it down. Osmond steps into a long-distance jumper. Allen to the bucket. He crushes it home. Off the Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond toward Valanciunas. Finds a cutter in a Coro, and a Coro thunders it home. By Kyrie. Sexton got it back. Nance for the tie. He knocks it down. Long hands it off the Sexton feed. Cavaliers by seven. And uh, Cleveland! This is for you! Hey, Chris Manning here from Lockdown Cavs, joined as always by my co-host, my co-site manager at Fear the Sword, writes at Forbes, Devin Damrell. Evan, what's up, buddy? Not a whole lot. It feels good to be released from the uh, prison, I mean, loving care of the Barberton Public Radio. Um, thank you for everyone who checked it out. We did a few little cleanup things, but everything's good. How things considered, I'm good. How are you? Doing good. I just want to say that off the top. Um, I understand if that wasn't everyone's back. I would want to say Kendon is, is a wonderful human who um, did a really good job with that. I thought it was fun. We just tried something different. And uh, frankly, um, if sometimes, you know, this is a, a quote-unquote job that, uh, you know, you mostly hear from people when they're annoyed with you and they're projecting things on you, so to speak. So um, please, if you want to reach out and it's like positive, I also would not hate that. I'm pretty yeah. available. I'm very, I'm very easy to reach. Please do so. Yeah, the amount of DMs Chris and I got today about the negative reaction to this episode, like all of to Kenton. This I loved it personally, but um, yeah, why don't we get some positive feedback? We need more positivity in the world, especially with just how gloom and doom everything is. And I'm I'm on the fast track, Chris. I'm supposed to get vaccinated on Wednesday, but we'll see how it goes. I I am very excited for you. And my dad just got his um first dose my mom will get her soon my wife has her first dose as a teacher my brother has both his doses it's it's good times things are going up um but also want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by rock auto amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you Evan, we're going to dive into some newsy things today. We're going to talk in segments two and three about Larry Nance and the the vast amount of interest in him. We talked about this a little bit last week, but I think it's worth a, a deeper dive, um, and, and we're going to talk through that a little bit. But first, let's talk about Andre Drummond. So Mark Stein from the New York Times reported on Monday that uh, the Lakers will be interested in him were he to be bought out. The Cavs' preference, according to Stein, is still to be able to trade him ahead of the March 25th deadline. I did a whole episode about this um, on Locked on Lakers that you can hear on Tuesday, um, so check that out. But, uh, Evan, for our purposes in talking about this, I uh, I I still would assume that he's going to probably get traded. I, I, I don't actually know how much I really do believe that, but this is complicated, But and the Lakers would, would make a lot of sense were he to actually get bought out, especially with Blake Griffin going to Brooklyn, you know, maybe they're less inclined to go after him. I still could see it as a talent play. I don't even see how much he helps the Lakers, so to speak, but I, I, I get it. If he wants to go, go that route, that would be a logical place. So we're about three work weeks away from the NBA trade de- trade deadline. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Cavs hold on to Andre until March 25th. And hopefully a trade materializes. I'm still toeing the line a little bit on whether he's bought out or whether he's traded, but I'm kind of hoping he's traded too. I have a feeling he might be, but I go back and forth with this so much. Well, and, but... and it's like an, in, an injury in the next two weeks could change that, yep. right? That's very true. Play resumes on Wednesday. It's a very short all-star break. The Cavs are back Friday against the Pelicans, which is exciting, but um, I could be wrong there as well. I could have the schedule. Not yeah, no, they play that. New Orleans on Friday, and I'm, um, we're recording this 
on Monday at 7.13 p.m. I'm hoping to have a Pelicans guest because they're also interested in Larry, and they are run by a former Cavs executive, and they have Zion. So I'm hoping to have someone on for for the Wednesday show um, because Evan will be off on Tuesday, and I'm hoping to have someone on to talk about that. But Evan, continue. So I've kind of reached out around the league a little bit, used some of that Forbes sourcing and credentials that I have to kind of get the Lakers thought process on this at least, and it makes sense. Um, they view the Jazz as not a legitimate threat, but a huge thorn in their side, especially with Rudy Gobert. The threat Gobert and Mitchell possess, and Anthony Davis is dealing with an, a calf injury, which could you know also be an Achilles injury too, and you'd want to err on the side of caution with that. Um, and Marc Gasol has been good, but not great. I think the ca- the Lakers, are at least, are looking for a steady big man rotation, kind of like what they had at Dwight and JaVale last year. And they're trying to replicate that now with somebody who can rebound and maybe act as a lob threat. And also just kind of deal with the Gobert's of the world in the Western Conference. And even Giannis, if they re- meet Milwaukee in the finals. Um, ditto thought process for Boston and Brooklyn, too. It's mostly dealing with Giannis and other teams that kind of have some big men as well. So I mean, Indiana has two big men. And... They're not great, but they may could make the playoffs and be a thorn in the side of some of these teams who struggle with that position. But um, you and I have talked about this too. I think it just makes sense for contenders to be interested in Drummond. I think Andre Drummond is a fine player if he's put in the right situation, and especially the Lakers. If he gets to play with LeBron James, I think LeBron James will find a way to maximize his talents, and I'm sure LeBron will also average three potential assists that were misses, miscues from Andre Drummond as well. But um, no, the best thing for Andre to happen is he may lose his bird rights if he's bought out and signs of the contender, but he can ball out and maximize his potential earnings in the free agency class this offseason, um, especially for a position that's not really a position of need anymore at his spot, and um, just kind of roll forward with that. So the Lakers make sense, but it's definitely an interesting pickup. Like, raise an eyebrow. I think, Chris, you told me about this, and you heard this first like a few weeks ago, like the Lakers were interested, but... um. And I kind of raised an eyebrow at it, but after like getting the thought process of what LA's kind of thinking, it does make a little sense to maybe have a healthier rotation of bigs. Yeah, like I, I, I think it would also for Drummond. If you want to, I, I, I maintain this that the the best thing he can do for himself is go to a place where he or like the he's in a structure in a hierarchy. Lakers are definitely that, right? Like LeBron is like he is going to fall in line behind LeBron James. Um, and Evan, I was like looking at his numbers earlier, and it's like he in Cleveland. I, I think it's pretty clear that if if he was trying to base this Cleveland contract year as like a way to springboard into another big contract, there's not like a statistical argument or like a, and a result argument. I think for him to like that to propel him to bigger money. So I think it's I think that the more and more I think about this, I think this is a pivot point in Drummond's. 10 years career. I think he could still like get like a, a mantras, a, a trust contract style, right? Like uh, a full mid level two years, make good money while he's still in his twenties. Like, I don't think he should be angling for like the Dwight situation. Cause there, it, I, I know people, I've seen people make that um, situations, like make that comp a little bit in terms of like, he needs to just do what Dwight did. Dwight was 34 and played for like the Hornets, the Hawks, the, the wizards, for, the, the wizards, he also had a shot back, right? And it, but it's also like he was—he went through all of that stuff before he then bought into the Lakers' role and like did what he did. Like I don't know if Drummond is exactly that um, at at that point in terms of like that willingness, but I think for a short season, a chance to win a title, a chance to rehab his value, like I I think that isn't the worst thing in the world. I just also wonder if there's like a way that like that for the for a Cavs perspective. Like if I'm Drummond, I almost like kind of want to get bought out because you're still going to make a lot of money. You've made a lot of money. Like, like he's still probably going to get like a decent contract next summer. Um, I would I would imagine. But I think if I'm I think the the if there's a place where 
he could still get dealt. I think that's probably still optimal for the Cavs. For Drummond, I'm a little less sure. I think you'd want to have control over where you go next because he's never had that. And I think if I'm him, I want to pick where I go next very carefully because I, I think you want it to be a place that's going to accentuate what you do well, help you kind of improve some things a little bit. I, I think that's all really, really key, but really, really tricky. It really is tricky, and I do think maybe when you mentioned that, the Lakers could be an ideal destination as well for Andre. Like he uh, he would be he would just imagine him as a role guy with LeBron and Schroeder. Like he just yeah. he will look better. Like no shade of Darius, no shade of Reggie Jackson. Those guys that's, are just that's better. that's the point I was gonna make yeah. is Andre's never really had a ball handler. Like the best ball handler in his career initiator of an offense is Reggie Jackson, and that's still nothing to really sneeze at and like yeah you have Darius and Colin Sexton and then I think they had a little bit of Derrick Rose for a little bit too with Andre in Detroit oh, yeah. but other than that like it Calderon, hasn't been Calderon really might great. have been there for a minute yeah like it's been a little bit of a mess when it comes to that and like I know Andre is a center and like Chris and I joke about him being like a point center at times even though we don't want him to be but let's put it this way too um when J.R. Smith was traded to Cleveland I was more of a fan then because I thought he was a knucklehead and a head case but LeBron actually told David Griffin that he wanted he was okay with J.R. coming here and he sorted Jay out real quick and I think Andre's going to be one of those situations too I mean the same thing with Dion and J.R. last year at the Lakers like they were not a problem at all for LA and I think if Andre went there he wouldn't be a problem for them either he'd be an asset and maybe we actually get to see what the potential of Andre Drummond is with the greatest passer of the basketball of all time in LeBron yeah just think about Again, like I, I think the biggest thing and every NBA player will tell you and they will figure out over time is that role matters. It's essential. Drummond has yet to find, I think, its optimal role in the NBA. It was not going to be in Cleveland. I think we sort of knew that last year. Um, but I, I think there there is somewhere out there. Evan, as we wrap up this first segment, just want to ask, if you were Drummond, let's say a buyout happens, where would you want to go? What would be your pick? Probably the Lakers or the Clippers. Either of those LA teams, I think, just because title potential and there's a lot of longevity at both the squads, like Western Conference Finals at best for both of them. Um, there's, I think Brooklyn is a very volatile team still. I wonder when the bottom's going to give out for them. But um, I think it's going to be their LA team. How about you? I think it's one of those or or, or Brooklyn. Um, I think Boston might be a sneaky threat, too. So that, that's, that's what I was going to say. I, if I were him, I might look at Boston. Yeah, because unfortunately the Tristan Thompson experience has not gone well for the Celtics, and... It's not. It's um, not even just that. I just think like they probably need another body, but also like Robert yeah. Williams is good. I. It's it's complicated. I. Drummond would be fun in Milwaukee too, kind of. Just keep it. that Central Division jersey streak going. Well, I mean that's the whole idea with the Bulls thing. That would be funny. Is like he just can continue moving and then he'll go to. Well, he needs to go to Indiana or something. I guess then too. All right, but Evan, uh, let's take a break here, and we have a great sponsor that you heard about earlier, Rock Auto. Why don't you tell everyone about our friends at Rock Auto? Yeah, for sure. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. Let me also tell you about the Locked on Bets podcast. Betting on the Cavs and the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q, 
and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Subscribe to the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back here on Lockdown Cavs, Chris Manning, Evan Damerill co-piloting this here ship. All right, Evan, let's talk about Larry Nance. So he's getting interest from a lot of teams. If you want to catch up in the most hilarious way possible on who those teams are, you can go to his Twitter account and look at the tweet that he did about all his tagged photos, which is just the clutch point people being like nuts and photo doing just photoshopping things to oblivion. Um where do you want to start with this? Because we talked about it a little bit. We talked about like why this exists, yeah. why this happens. It's it's smart. It's smart business for the Cavs to, I don't know, field offers. I mean, like I know we talked about how the Cavs' young core is quote unquote untouchable, but I don't think any player on Cleveland is truly untouchable. Let's say Anthony Davis became available tomorrow for some reason, like Kobe Altman. He wanted to go to Cleveland. Um, before you wake up from this dream, Kobe Altman would also. Uh, make sure he got Anthony Davis's services, but um, I don't think he's going to get, I don't, I really, I genuinely don't think Larry's going to get traded because I, I don't know where this quote is from. Maybe it's a feed or piece. Maybe Kobe said it offhand and I didn't catch it, but um, Kobe apparently said he'd trade himself if he had traded Larry Nance. And I think that's like the most firm confirmation of like, you're safe, but I don't know. I think it's good business for them to f- listen to offers. Like if it's true and, Cleveland has offered multiple first-round picks, like late first, albeit, but multiple first for Larry Nance. Like, I'd maybe listen to see what you can get for him, but like, I still don't know. Like, it would take a lot to trade him. So here's here's just something that I think we have to remember. I think every player in the league at some point, except for like the elite of the elite guys, get talked about in trades. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, unless you're LeBron James, because or, like LeBron, or a player or a player Luka. with a, or any player with a no trade clause of their contract or like future generational young players yeah so like lebron luka Jokic, and bead like like and i'm sure once in a while some team will like throw like a hail mary up and like ask about like x really good player or whatever but like these guys every player that is not like the star star player gets talked about i everyone knows this i can understand this from the caps perspective in terms of doing it like two years ago if this was if larry was this good like two years ago because you were further away then, right? Colin was not good yet. You didn't even have Darius. Like, if this was what the Cavs were a couple years ago and Larry was this and you were getting these kind of offers, I think you'd probably have a little more reason to do it, even if it still probably wouldn't be as popular. And maybe in whatever. But if the Cavs were, like, in the position they were a couple years ago where they were straight up just, like, a disaster and they needed some kind of rudder and, like, that, they were going to, like, commit to the longer game then, that is where this makes more sense to me. Now, where you're at, Larry is Larry like should I think be something you're sort of building with. Yeah. I know he's not on the quote unquote timeline of Jarrett, uh, uh, and Colin and, and Darius and, and Isaac and, and next year's pick. But Larry, if he ends up he's gonna fit whatever you're trying to do next year. And I think the Cavs are gonna try to be at least more competitive than they were this year next year. Larry's gonna be part of that. If if he ends up starting at the four because Kevin's moved on or whatever like he can be him and Jared Allen would be really really good together as a starting front court duo. If you want him to be the first your six man, like your kind of first big off the bench, that kind of guy, what he's been this year, maybe closes some games. He can be that. 
is that like the maximum of what he could be in the NBA right now? No, I, I think the, the best, best version of Larry Nance in terms of what he could do is to be on like a really good team. Like, like I think he'd be like incredible on the nets. Like that's not like where he would get traded to because they, they just don't have the ability to do that. But like, like he'd him be on, good on any contending team, he would TBH. be good on any, but I'm saying like, imagine him like getting the Jeff green minutes in Brooklyn. Oh yeah. It'd be like, amazing. Him and Blake with that versatility at four and five, because apparently they signed Blake to act as a small ball five for them, like when they face teams like Toronto in the playoffs. But the versatility there would be a lot more fun because Blake's kind of washed. But yeah, so but, here, but here's here's my point. I don't think like I, clearly Larry wants to be. He's got a very special connection to the team that is actually organic and not like a contrived thing, right? That isn't like born out of draft position and business and money and things. Like it is sort of more organic than you could get otherwise. I think the thing with Larry is, again, like, the Cavs are a little bit better off than they were a couple years ago. I don't think you're rushing to, like, figure that out. And I also, I just don't think you're the value you'd be getting from, like, a, a 25 and later pick or two picks like that is worth more or something close to what he's going to offer you. I, I just think that calculus is not correct. No, I agree with that. Um First off, it'd be a PR nightmare if the Cavs traded Larry Nance Jr. because they've really like made him a face of the franchise because he is kind of franchise legacy and greatness and everything. Well, legacy of greatness for the franchise. But um, other than that, um, it just yeah, like you said, I don't think you can either one replicate his production right now for what the Cavs have. Um, with two late first round picks, you really can't take the Boston approach here and just hope like you can address depth issues for a contending team. And I'm not saying the Cavs are a contending team, but like, like you said, the Cavs are going to be more competitive next year, especially if they get like a top five pick next year. Um, I would say they're more of a fringe playoff team and they were feel like a safer lock to be in the play in tournament next year, just based on how things kind of shake out and how the season's gone so far. But um, I just don't think you could replicate Larry's production if you traded him for multiple firsts and, yeah, it's nice to have assets and be kind of flush with cash, especially with the free agency class, but the Cavs don't really need cash. Cash is kind of worthless, and like cap space is worthless for the Cavs, other than absorbing contracts to take on more picks, because this Cleveland team isn't going to be built through free agency. It's going to be built through the draft, and like you said, Larry Nance is becoming kind of a key figure here just because of a lot of his developments, too, but I just don't really see the value for the Cavs, and trying to trade for him but i just think like maybe f seeing what's out there can kind of give you an idea of how some teams view some of your pieces as well yeah and again this is how all this works it's information exchange it's it's being probed on certain deals like this and like again like team like I, I i would bet you the leak on this comes from other teams oh no i absolutely i absolutely think that like um zach lowe said back in november because i had to double check because larry quote t quote quote tweeted me on this um it, like low was saying he was getting curious offers and like you and i shared some teams we heard like you said phoenix i said denver um there's a lot of teams that are interested in larry nance jr and his services but i think it's also teams just kind of leaking and maybe it's the Cavs too maybe the Cavs are trying to like hype up the value of some of their pieces well not say they trade larry but like oh, well, we're getting multiple first offers for Larry Nance Jr. Maybe we can get a little bit of a better offer for a JaVale McGee or, God willing, an Andre Drummond. I don't know. Yeah, I wondered if it was the other thing where it's like a team is like putting, trying to get it out there that it was like two first for Larry and that like the public pressure gets out on that and like it gets like the information gets to the right person that can like make that decision happen or something. 
Well, unfortunately for the public, Kobe Altman is a, gener a general manager that operates in the shadows, so I don't think public pressure really gets to him because Kobe's weathered quite a few storms of fans being, especially Cleveland fans, being upset about certain things, and um, I don't think public pressure is going to really make him want to trade Larry do, Nance. Do you remember when he said he was going to talk to the media more than, like, hasn't? I'm not here to throw shade, but, yeah, I do remember that. Um, the last time we spoke to him was when the Cavs traded for Jarrett back in January, so I don't know, maybe... Post deadline, I think, is the next time we hear from Kobe, which is we're recording this on Monday night, 17 days from now. So, including today, I think, if my math is correct. But either way, um, yeah, I just, God, that would be such an awkward press conference, though, if he did trade Larry. And then, like, that's like one of the first questions, because that quote is really sticking in my craw now that he trade himself with Larry Dance, because that's like such a vote of confidence to say a player's safe. But the NBA is also a business, and no player's truly safe. <laughs> No matter who, unless like we mentioned, like we mentioned, you have a no trade clause if you're LeBron James, especially. But like, there's so many players that aren't safe in this league, and like it'd be remissically, but not to say everyone's available for a certain price. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, we're gonna take one more break, come back, talk a little bit more about the deadline, maybe some other things. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Evan, as everyone knows now, is really, really amped for Bachelor in Paradise to come back. Oh, I am so amped. And once I get my COVID vaccine and then my second shot, I will turn on the heaters and make it really feel like I'm in paradise. <laughs> Real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Again, promo code locked on for that 50% welcome bonus. Let me also tell you about the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcasts. Probably where you're listening to Locked On Cavs right now. All right, Evan, do you have any other Nance thoughts? Do we need to move on to something else? What do you want to do here? Well, let's talk about some of these destinations. If he were to be traded, what would be like your ideal fit for him? Like, I know we're gonna hopefully have a Pelicans guest on to talk about this a little bit for Wednesday's show, but like you talked about Brooklyn, but like out of the hypothetical teams, like I think Philly would be the most fun to get Larry out of like the teams that were listed by Chris Fedor. Um, New Orleans would be fun. Him, he he'd be a good pair with Zion. You think? Would yeah, Zion I play do. the five? Yeah. He'd be fun with Dallas, too. I think it gets Actually, messy with my, Porzingis. My real, my real answer is Denver. Uh, Denver would be. Well, Denver's obviously just most but fun. Like, like, can you imagine him and Jokic? would be so stupid. Yeah, that'd be so dumb. Like him cutting around Jokic, him like getting cleaner looks, him, um, you know, the switching he could provide for their defensive needed to another defensive option. Like I would trust him more than I would trust like Jermichael Green. Um, I, I, and like maybe he could cover defensively interestingly on the perimeter for MPJ a little bit like that would be kind of interesting um, that Denver would be the one that I'm like yes I, I guess like I guess the point of this is like I think Larry would fit anywhere 
Yeah, no, he'd be um really good anywhere. But um, I, here's my problematic question of the day: Would Michael Porter Jr. finally take vaccines if Larry Nance Jr. joined him? Dude, I, I apparently no NBA player has taken a vaccine. That's wild to me. To Adam Silver about. said that like that hasn't happened yet, and then like the LeBron quote is is what it is. Um, it's that 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 story is going to be fascinating to, to follow. I'm so f- I'm still surprised. Um, I, I feel like LeBron's already gotten. It. I feel like he's like one of those like elite people who like got the vaccine as soon as it was available. But like LeBron's very private, so it's and like Rich Paul will ruin your life if you leaked it. So I feel like LeBron and his family have gotten it. I have no, I have no idea. This just that that whole thing is just going to be fascinating um, to because it's sort of oh, paramount. It, it feels so grimy. The NBA is trying to like encourage people or players to get vaccines, and in turn, they're trying to get vaccines from um, pharmaceutical companies by saying that like we will get black men to speak on behalf of you that they take the vaccine. It just feels so grimy. Yeah, it's not great. Um, do you have any? Do you, do you have any? Uh, None of it's good. None of, none none of, of it's good. good. None of it's good. Um, do you have any? Do you have any places? Do you, I, I guess is there like a is there a world where like you could actually see like a, a trade offer comes in that actually puts like where Kobe kind of has to say yes to Larry because I think it would have to be like a crazy overpay and I don't even know what the asset that's out there would be that would make you say yeah I guess I have to do this I just don't know what it is. What if Golden State offered that Minnesota pick? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're. I think if they offered the Minnesota pick for Kevin for for Larry Nance Jr., Kobe would have to fire himself if he didn't take that. Like that. That's a crazy. Yeah. Ad. That's a like. That's such a good asset in this year's draft class. Well, I'd have it give me pause because I'm like, do you want to risk the PR the, nightmare? The PR vibes would be really bad, but it's just like, hey, like we can, we get this pick. It's like the best asset in the NBA. It's like the chip that everyone's assuming is going to get cashed in in some way. I don't even know what Golden State would offer though. Now that I say that, like they, they couldn't offer that. That's not like no. Larry's great. That's not you're saving that for like the next like star kind of guy that comes available probably. Uh, dude, Kelly Oubre in the Minnesota pick for Larry Nance Jr. Call it in, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would that would be like a wild day in NBA Twitter. I think if that were bro, to I would just I would just like shut off my phone. I'm like, all right, gotta get something out real quick. That's a successful trade. I'll take that. But um. Yeah, it has to be an asset like that, I feel, for me to comfortably say, like, yeah, it's okay to move Larry Nance Jr. I think if a team came with, like, a crazy offer... Um, well, what if New Orleans offered their first? They're currently eighth in lottery standings right now. I, Griff's not sending that without protections. Uh, that's fair. That, no, no, I know. Griff is a... Kobe, I would learn from Griff, so yeah, but, like... Yeah. I'm just, like, looking at other teams. It's... The thing is it's with murky. all these teams, like if they if they if they get Larry and they're as successful as you want, and Larry's good and he's going to help winning, you're never getting the kind of pick that's high enough to make it sort of worth it. Like the Don't, gamble you're running a, is just if tricky. A, if it's a top three pick, I think. But like, are you okay. are are you are you getting that though? I don't think you are. Is my point. Oh no, I agree with that. I don't think you are either because. I don't know, I guess, with that logic. Uh, Minnesota's a mess, so Larry Nance Jr. goes to Golden State, so it doesn't really impact them. But Cavs Twitter would also not handle that one well. Oh, no, Cavs Twitter would be down bad that day if they could get traded to Golden State. To see Larry Nance Jr. rock a 22, because I assume he'd just take it from Andrew Wiggins at that point. <laughs> but, um, God, Warriors, the Cavs fans would be down bad. And, like, 
It's just the weirdest thing to me is Cavs fans who feel the need to antagonize like Warriors fans and Raptors fans still to this day, but it is what it is. Um, I don't think Larry's getting traded, though. Uh, case dismissed, bringing the Dancing Lobsters. Yeah, I, I think Drummond, McGee, Torian Prince, Jetty are the four names that I think are more likely, most likely to be treated. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. I'm gonna maybe Kevin Love in an off chance. Of so, team do we want to really talk about? Him. Do we want to talk about that real quick as we wrap up? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. That, that is kind of reinvigorated a little bit. Yeah, not um, that I think it's imminent. I don't either. But, but his um, name's out there a little bit. I wonder if that's the Cavs gassing up Kevin Love's value a little bit because he hasn't played. He played a game in eight minutes a game with a lot of overtime in eight minutes this season he's played less than 80 games i think since lebron left the second time i wonder if part of that to Fedor was the Cavs gassing up kevin's value a little bit but like you and i have heard teams are interested but i don't know if they're interested right now yeah so let's just portland is like the oft mentioned destination um i i know that that has been talked of again but like it's like the drummond thing where it's like really complicated where like the 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 Blazers are not going to like gut their roster to do this. Like they shouldn't give up Covington or, or anyone of that ilk, right? So they'd have oh, to no, this. Not at all. This is this would be the, cob- the cobbling together of a salary they'd have to. Rodney Hood, who actively would like not like to be back in Cleveland, like that. <laughs> that would that would be a thing. Um, Derek Jones. No, for a fact, he would not want to be back in Cleveland. I, I can verify that. Yeah, Derek Jones Jr. Zach Collins and Harry Giles. You have to cobble those four salaries together, and then you throw in like a, a bad pick. If like, I mean, it Zach might Collins even just be that. Like it might Kevin be. Love. He's always hurt. Yeah, and but he's also like on the last year's contract. I think <laughs> like, like it's yeah. not like a it's not a good return. And um, it's, it's I don't think there's gonna be like a splashy return. I still think the best thing for everyone is he comes back and plays and looks good, and then they figure it out in the summer. Yeah, I think the Cavs use the second half of the season to see if they can get generate a little trade value in old Mr. Love before Great Googly Moogly. I didn't know Dame was making fifty point seven five million in the twenty twenty three twenty four season. I have Portland's payroll uh, pulled up in front of me. But um no, the Cavs utilize the second half of the season, see if they can maybe get some trade interest in Kevin because he'll have two years left on his deal at the start of the league year new year. And he's making thirty one point three million next year, and I think twenty nine point eight million the following season. I'm gonna tell you for a fact right now. Um, oh yeah, twenty eight point nine. God, I need to get a life. Um, so yeah, I think the Cavs can either use that, or maybe it turns into a Blake situation where the injuries have finally kind of taken their toll on Kevin and. The Cavs trying to figure out a buyout situation, and that wouldn't be ideal, but I think it's just right to do right by Kevin, too. Like, you don't really want to make him sit through this and, like, deal with the rebuild. And I know a lot of Cavs fans, like, I'd rather have Kevin Love here than have him not here, but at the same time, you want to do right by these players, too, and, like, you don't want to completely crater your viability as a free agency destination. He would have to give back a lot of money. You think? Oh, how much did Blake give back? Like, 13? Yeah, but, like, that's, like, a little, like, I think one year less on the deal. I think so. And like um, the the Pistons also like have been historically willing to like eat money like that. Have the Cavs been willing to do that? I would argue no. You are right. The Blake would be in the last year of his deal next, next year, year, and Kevin has a year and, after that. And it's a player option as well, so Blake could have opted out as well. So it's it's yeah, it's not as the the. The Kevin Love buyout stuff is like just very unclean and makes no financial sense unless the Cavs are getting all kinds of money back, and I don't know why Kevin would just willingly give out that much money. Same, and um, I would not I give out that I much wouldn't. money. Heck no, no, get that bag, Kev. Um, good for, 
Good fun, for Kevin his agent. If, if for, Kevin like, Love wants to the Cavs. Kevin Love with all the money, if he wants to just like make his own like YouTube Anthony Bourdain style show where he just travels the world with his soon to be wife or future wife, like he I'd could do that, that. He could just ha- pay someone to make that for him and post it to his YouTube. Dude, I subscribe to YouTube channels like that already before COVID, and I watch the video still, and I'm like, wow, I wish I could travel the world because this person got to live it. Like, someone I pay on Patreon, but they f- f- closed their funds because of COVID, but, like, they went to India for a month and just, like, filmed, released a video every day of, like, what they did in India. I'm like, this is so fucking rad. Like, Kevin Love would be so cool with that. Yeah, I'm I'm into, like, the whole, like, is the Daniel Plainview fit that he had when he was in, uh... Like Montana or whatever last year? A plus. Give me more of that. Just give me at the show. I'm in. Same. Big same. All right. That's going to be it, Evan. Um, let's get out of here. I'll, we'll be back tomorrow with something. I don't know. We don't know exactly what yet. I'm still in the process of, of booking that. Haven't quite figured that out for you all yet. But uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Hope everyone had a good weekend uh, since we didn't actually record this, our last episode on Sunday. Um, hope you enjoyed All-Star Weekend. It, it is what it is. Um, and Evan? Hope you, I hope you're doing good. I'm very happy you're getting the vaccine. It makes me happy. Yeah, I'm happy too, and I'm I'll be even happier though if everyone gives us a five star review on iTunes. Um, we'll read those out. I need to do a better job of that and just having like a screen grab or something of that in front of me when I do that. But for real, give us a five star review on iTunes. Join our Discord server, and as always, go Cavs. Locked on Cavs is your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast covering the latest news, rumors, and game action from the Wine and Gold. You can follow us on social at Locked On Cavs or give us a call and leave a voicemail and we'll answer your questions live at 440-673-3605. If you want to contact the show, email us at LockedOnCavs at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is by going to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and leaving us a five-star rating and review. It's produced and hosted by Chris Manning and Evan Damerl.